0: Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's Word and His presence to change your life. Good morning. How many of you enjoyed that little acoustic worship set right there, right? That was nice. I love my drums, though. I can't, I gotta admit, I love my drums, but this was, this was nice today, and uh, man, welcome, welcome to church. Uh, my name Keith, I'm the campus pastor here. Let me be one of the first ones to tell you Happy New Year! Y'all doing all right? Yeah? Did you have a good, good first day? We, uh, we, we, uh, we got, we went ahead and just got the the bad stuff out. We, our sewer line decided to back up last night, so we just went ahead and got that out of the way the first day of the year. And now the rest 364 days, we're gonna ball out. It's gonna be amazing, right? It's just gonna, it's gonna be good. But, uh, but Happy Happy New Year! I hope you've enjoyed the holidays. Uh, with being around family and friends, you're being around your kids. If you didn't enjoy it, I've got really, really good news for you. They go back to school Wednesday, and things will be back to normal. I can't wait for that in my house. I got to be honest. Uh, but um, you know, this is this is uh, one of my favorite times of year. I actually, I actually really appreciate the new year, and I love, I love what this this season, if you will, what it kind of brings. Uh, because I, I do feel like we we get a fresh start right how many would like a fresh start from 2021 you need, you want a fresh start this year right and and that's really what what this year with the new year kind of does it's kind of a reset right you can kind of let go of some of the things that were bothering you or that are in the past and like all right I'm, I'm, a, I'm a new man i'm a new woman this year like it's time to to go after some things and this is this is kind of what we do during this time isn't it we 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 it's it's the new year so you've got your new year's resolutions um you've got you're, you're you're setting your goals right you've got some things that you want to accomplish you've got some areas in your life that that you want to do better that you want to go after that there's all these anybody anybody doing that or are y'all just kind of fed up with it like i've lived long enough i'm i'm done with my new year's resolutions by january 6th anyways there's no point um no, no, we, we should be, we should be setting goals, right? We should be, um, not, not just physically or, um, uh, but, but, spiritually and emotionally and relationally, uh, I guarantee you half of you in here said, you know what this year I'm going to eat better today. I'm going to Mexican food after, after church, but, but this year I'm, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to work out more. I'm going to focus on the things that, that matter most, uh, whatever it is for you, you probably have a, a goal in mind, uh, Thing that you're going after. And I want, I want you to hear me say this before I go any further today. All those are really, really good things. In fact, I would encourage you to actually do that, to have some goals spiritually, mentally, physically, um, relationally. There should be some things that, that you're, you're going after. You should. But what's interesting is, as I began to think about this time of year uh, uh, about a week ago, and I was thinking about, what am I going to preach to our church the very first of the year? I felt like the Lord gave me, um, gave me something that I was not expecting. Uh, it, was, it was nowhere close to what we, we all kind of feel during this year. And I felt like what the, Lord, the word that the Lord gave me was rest. And he wanted, to talk, he wanted me to talk to you today about rest. When he said the word rest to me, I said, Lord, don't you know what the new year is like? Don't you know this is not the time to rest, that this is the time to go, that we've, we've all been resting. We're tired of resting and eating. It's time to like get up and it's time to go. It's time to do something like, Lord, if, if this is really you, you're going to have to confirm, confirm this word. And uh, he, he, he slowly began to remind me, I don't know if you've ever read in scripture, there is an Old Testament law um, in Israel where the, the Jewish people, they abided by this law where they would actually rest their farmland every seven years. Anybody ever read that before? So just like we rest one day out of the week, they would take one, one year out of seven years, and the land would, would lie fallow. They would not farm it. They would not work it. And um, it's actually known as a Shemitah year is what it's actually called. And the Lord was kind of reminding me of that in Scripture. I'm like, why are you reminding me of that? And I, and I felt like he said, look at the Hebrew calendar. And when I when I uh, so I went and got my Hebrew calendar out of my closet, and uh, no, I'm kidding. I got on Google. <laughs> so I got on Google, and I don't even know what the, they look like. All right, so I got on Google, and I was like, "What what is what is this year?" And and lo and behold, this year actually happens to be a Shemitah year. It happens to be the the year that that the the, the people in, in Israel they'll actually let not work their land. In fact, the, the name of the year is actually called a sabbatical year. And, um, and so I said, well, Lord, that, that, that will work. That, that is, that, that is, is confirmation <laughs> enough. I hadn't brought my Hebrew calendar out of my closet in a long time. And the fact that it actually worked. Okay. So today I want to, I want to talk to you about rest, talk to you about rest. And, and, um, more than that, I want to talk to you about biblical rest. And what, the, what I believe is the, the definition, what Jesus actually points to as rest. When I, when I talk about rest, I, what I don't want you to hear is, I want, what I don't want you to see is yourself sitting on the couch doing nothing. I don't want you to, to interpret rest as this thing where we as God's people do nothing and he does everything. No, because rest, uh, biblical rest is completely different than that. You know what rest, biblical rest actually is? It actually is faith. Rest is trust. Rest is being at a place in your soul and in your mind and your emotions where where you can actually be really, really, really busy outwardly, but be so in a place of peace, calm, and rest on the inside that the things that are happening out here can't actually touch what you have in here. Biblical rest. I want to propose this idea to you. What if this year you started it off differently? What if you actually started off 2022 in this idea of biblical rest? How would it change? Because I guarantee you, I, if you've got some goals ahead of you this year, you have a way better chance of accomplishing them when you actually do it out of rest. If you have your Bible, turn to, to Matthew chapter 11. 11. And um, this, is, this is actually Jesus talking. This is going to be our main passage today uh, where I believe Jesus teaches us what rest really is. Uh, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, you know it really well. He says this, Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come on, church, say rest. He said, come to me, If I could, I'm going to go back to my youth pastor days and give you a youth pastor title for today's message. The title today is Get Yoked. <laughs> Get Yoked. Would you, pray, would you pray with me? Jesus, we need your help, especially me. Uh, we, just, we, we thank you for your word, that it's, that it's life. It's powerful. Your word is full of faith. Your word changes us. We put faith in your word today. And we, we open up, we open up ourselves to you today, Holy Spirit, to speak to us, to move in us, to teach us, to give us wisdom. Yeah, and we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen. Um, have you ever been to a place where you got taken care of really, really well? Ever been to a place like that? Maybe for you. Um, it's it's your favorite restaurant, or you went on vacation and you stayed in this really really nice hotel, and the service was amazing. Uh, maybe it's it's a, it's a person. Have you ever been to one of those homes where uh, you can tell that that the that the person there just has the gift of hospitality? They just they go over and above. Like you like being at their house more than you like being at your house. You know, it's like you just love going to this person's house because they they, they they take care of you. Uh, I remember. Uh, when, uh, this was probably about eight years ago now, nine years ago, um, working at another church and me and me and one of our home church pastors, Blake Duffendack, how many of you go to Blake's home church? You want to give him a little shout out? Give him a whoop whoop. All right. Okay. So me and Blake and uh, another one of our children's pastors, we were going on a ski trip. We were driving up and we were going to stop in Denver because my buddy's family lived in, uh, around that area. And we we're gonna—we actually gonna drive through the day, get there at night, and stay with his family, and then get up the next day, and uh, and, and and hit the mountains. So we we drive up, we kind of get in around six or seven, and he lives outside of town. He lives on this farm, uh, his family does. And as we drive up, they had just b- built this brand new home. There was snow all on the ground, and we pull up, and it's this nice big like log cabin looking thing. So I'm already so happy, you know, it's just like, yes, Lord, this is, this is amazing. And, and, and we pull up and we walk in and the only way for me to, to describe it is, it's literally like when I walked into their home, it's like, I felt at home. I mean, from the moment I walked in, they had the fire going, like the dad was like sitting in the recliner, reading the newspaper. Um, it's just like, it was the most peaceful environment. I'm like, who are you people? I love you already. Like we walk in and, and uh, it, it was amazing because all their kids had left and they built this home and each room, they had all these upstairs room. This is a genius idea. Each room had its own bathroom and shower. So I go up and I get my own room with my own nice bed, with toiletries in the bathroom already. My own bath, my own shower. I'm like, this, this is absolutely amazing. The mom is just like, well, you, you guys need anything? Just taking care of us. And I'll never forget, we had to leave the next day to, to get to the mountain early in the morning. We were going to leave. So, so they wanted to have family breakfast at like six in the morning. I was like, y'all haven't met me, but I'll say yes, because you're so amazing already. Okay. So we get up and i walk downstairs to a a 6am breakfast. Everyone's dressed, dressed up, formal dining. They even have, they even have little grapefruit cups sitting at the plate. I'm like, I'm eating that for sure, right? This the breakfast is just that they made this, this amazing breakfast. The coffee's already on. And then here come my buddy's grandparents because they live right down the road. And they walk in dressed like they're going to church, He's got his long sleeve buttoned up, down, he's t- it's tucked in, nice, she's all dressed up, she's got her jewelry on, you can smell her perfume from outside, like she's looking, she's, it's, and they, they come in, she brings muffins or some type of breakfast item in, and I'm like, where am I? This is literally the best thing that I've ever been a part of, and we just sit down, and we have this nice meal, and best way I can describe it is just, I was just taken care of. I was loved. I, I wasn't just invited to this house. I was welcomed. I was welcomed. They, they, they prepared that place for me and have never met me before. They did all the work. They were literally waiting to bless me. And the reason I share that story with you today is because I wanted to paint a picture of what it looks like to come to Jesus. Jesus said this statement in Matthew chapter 11. He said, come to me. Jesus, the son of God, he looked at his people and he wanted you to know, he said, said, come to me. Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden. And what will he give you? He will give you rest. You will walk in and the fireplace will be on. You will walk in and you will have your own room. You will walk in and you will be so well taken care of. I can't tell you what what that, that, that one day, less than 24 hours did to my soul, the rest that it actually brought me. And this is actually what I believe Jesus offers us. He says, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry a heavy burden, all of you who are laboring, all of you who are carrying that, that thing, that problem, that situation, that thing that doesn't seem to go away, that mountain that you can't seem to beat, he says, yeah, you, the one who has all the problems, come to me. Walk in my doors. I want you to understand today that Jesus has prepared a place for you. And it's not just a place in heaven waiting for you. He's, he's, he's prepared a place for you right now. And you know where you find it? You find that place in him. You find it in Him, and when you come to Him, when you come to Him, and you find this place in Him, guess what the result in your life is? Rest for your soul. It means that there's this lightness, there's this freedom, uh, there's this joy. There, there's just this. Uh, there's this easiness. Uh, if you look in the message, I, I love the, the message translation of this. I didn't, I didn't put it on the screen today. But it says something to the effect of, uh, of come to me, all you who are weary and carry a heavy burden. I'll give you rest. It says, walk with me. Work with me. Walk in the unforced rhythms of grace. The unforced, that's, that's what in him looks like. It's an unforced rhythm of, of grace. And you actually get to live in Rest. You actually get to live in a place where you're not striving. You know what you actually find in Jesus? Zero stress. There's no stress in Jesus. Zero stress. You know what there is? There's a light burden. There's a light burden. There's an easy yoke. Is there still a yoke? Yep. Is there still a burden? Yep. It's just easy and they're both light. See, there, there's this, I believe there's this place that he wants us to live where, can I say it, where we actually enjoy life. Oh, you're starting a new business. Oh, man, that's a, that's a big adventure. Good thing you're yoked up to Jesus. Oh, you planted a church? You, you're going you're gonna to go to a town that you know nobody and you're going to go plant a church? That sounds crazy. It is, but I'm yoked to Jesus. Man, you're going to have so much work to do. There's going to be so much stuff that you are going to have to accomplish. I know, and I get to do it with Jesus. See, it's time that we get yoked. We have to get yoked up to him. Because many of us, you know what we are yoked to? Not like the egg yolk. yoked to. Sorry, my wife said, please don't say yoked. It's yoked. I'm like, yeah, but I say y'all a lot, and I'm Texan. It's yoked. It's the same thing. Get yoked, son. All right, get yoked. You know what many of us are actually yoked to? We're yoked to our problem. We're yoked to striving. We're yoked to this idea, and this is the idea that comes on January 1st. I gotta get better. I got really, really, really good news for you today. Sounds negative, but it's actually good news. You actually can't get better for Jesus. You can get better with Jesus, but you can't get better for Jesus. It's when you actually yoke up to him. You know, this, this, this picture, you know, you know what a yoke is? Um, uh, back in the day, you know, you had your two oxen and there was this little bar that went over the top of them and they were tied together and they would farm the land, plow the land. This is the, this is the imagery that Jesus is trying to give here. That we're actually attached to him. See, if you actually, if, I want you to think about what you need to do this year. Think about you doing it. Now think about you yoked to Jesus doing it. It should already start to bring rest to your soul. Yes. See, uh, many of us, we're also we're not just yoked to our problem or, or to this, this idea of, of getting better. Um, a lot of times what it boils down to is we're yoked to religion. In fact, I believe that's exactly what he was specifically pointing out. Because look at what he says. He says, all who labor and are heavy laden. You know what religion, you know what the law did? It had you labor. It had you work. Work for it. And Jesus is inviting us into an exchange. I don't know how a yoke works, but unbolt that sucker over there and get it empty. And you need to bolt it to, you know, you know what you need the you know, you know yoke to? You need a yoke to Grace. Who is grace? Jesus. He says, take my yoke upon you. If you'd put it back up there. In verse 29, he said, take my yoke upon you. And then he says, and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden, my burden is light. If I could give you a definition this morning, what I actually believe biblical rest is, it's actually living in a place of trust and co-laboring with God. That's what rest is. Bibl- what Jesus teaches. Rest is actually um, getting to a place of trust. In other words, I'm well taken care of. I, I, have, I, I live in a place of faith. Lord, you're going to work this out. I'm going to overcome. There actually is going to be victory. I may not feel it now, but you're still working on my behalf. Hey, I, I need to accomplish this thing. You're going to help me do it. I'm going to do it in you. You want it more than I want it. I, it's, it's this idea. It's this, I'm, I'm, I'm yoked to that. I, I'm taking on that. I have this, I'm, I'm at rest because I'm, I'm well taken care of. I trust him. But then he makes the next statement in here. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And he says this. He says, learn from me. You know what he means there? Co-labor with me. I was listening to Joseph Prince this week. And he said this, this scripture actually, and when we talk about the yoke, it's, uh, he said, I want you to picture a mature ox with a young one. Newsflash, we're not the mature one in the, in the picture here. So Jesus is, we're not equal. Man, I want to get down off this stage. I don't know why. I just want to start preaching out there. Like, here we go. Don't, don't do that. Don't tell me to come on. (laughs) But we are, we're, we're yoked to him and he's the, when we co-labor with Jesus, we don't even have to pull the same weight that he pulls. The idea of co laboring is not an equal, it's not an equal pull. He's the big one, we're the small one. He's the mature one, we are not. He's the one full of wisdom, we've got a little bit. And when he goes to the water because he's the bigger ox, guess what? You better get a drink right now. And when he goes to work, guess what? You better start working too. But he's the one leading. We are the ones following. We're actually looking up to our elder brother Jesus saying, I'm so glad I'm yoked to you. I'm so glad that this thing that I want to do in 2022, I don't have to do it in my own strength, in my own will, and in my own striving. But I can actually do it in rest, which means I trust you and I get to co-labor with you. Well, am am I saying in any way that we don't work? I'm not saying that. The fact that Jesus even used imagery of a yoke again, not the egg yolk, a yoke. The fact that he even uses that, it's a picture of work. It's a picture of advancing the kingdom of God. It's a picture of actually doing something. We're doing something. Look at your neighbor and say you're doing something. <laughs> We're, we are there's things for us to do there are things for us to do in church in this church there's going to be a lot that we do this year that we 've never done before there's going to be a lot of ground that we 're going to have to plow because there, it actually hasn't been plowed for us we're new we we, we got we to gotta find a youth pastor and we got to get more home church pastors and more home churches and, and there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that we need to, to do. We need to take care of people as well as we can. There are things to do. We need to find a building. We need to find an office. We need to raise money. There's a lot of stuff to do. Oh man, I'm so busy out here. Oh, but I'm so at rest in here. That is what Jesus offers. Come to me. All you are weary and carry a heavy burden, and I'll give you rest. So I kind of want to shift the message here, and I want to talk about how do we actually do this. Y'all still with me? How do we live a life of rest? How do we live in this place of rest? Um, You have to understand this. You, You can hear a message like this, And think, okay, whenever the problem hits or whenever the striving tries to come or whenever this thing, whenever I need to accomplish something, whenever I'm going to just get into a place of rest. It's kind of a newsflash. It just doesn't work that way. In other words, you can't just flip this switch if it's never been flipped before. There's actually some things that you do on the backside that actually help you um, uh, learn to get into this place of faith and trust and co-laboring with Jesus. Um, so how do we live this, this, this out? I'm going to give you two ways to live it out. Number one, take a Sabbath. You want to learn how to live, uh, how to find rest? You have to actually practice rest. I believe, everybody know what taking a Sabbath is? Take a Sunday, take 24 hours to do nothing. That word Sabbath, you know what it actually means? It actually means to stop. It means to stop. Um, for those of you who have a problem, actually, let's just, just show a hand. Let's just be honest today. How many of you have a problem with this, this, this Sabbath idea? Stopping, resting. Uh, okay, everyone. Okay, cool. So you came to the right place. It's like I ain't resting. I got things. I got things to do. I hate I hate resting. Um how, how many commandments are there? We'll just have an interactive time right here. How many commandments are there? Ten. Okay, so God had, how many you know he could have had a lot more? We, we need more than 10, right? We needed more help than that. He chose 10, and guess, which, guess what made the list? The Sabbath. The, let that sink in. He only had 10, shot at 10, and the Sabbath made the list. You know what's actually uh, really, really interesting? He created man on the sixth day. Guess which day was first for man to live out? A day of rest. The seventh day was his first day. <clears throat> Here's a scripture in Mark chapter two, and I'm preaching as if you don't like what I'm saying, so I'm gonna keep doing that, okay? Mark, <laughs> Mark chapter two, look at what it says. And Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. God actually created the Sabbath to serve you. The Sabbath is a gift to you. And you can choose to not receive any gift that God has for you. That is your choice. I just don't like to live that way. If Jesus provided it, if God provided it, I want it. I want it. Um, There's a, there's a, a, an author and pastor, his name is John Mark Comer. He wrote um, a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And um, really, really good book. Some things I agree with, some things I don't, but really, really good book. But I love his statement here. And this is what he said. He said, the Sabbath is the primary discipline or practice by which we cultivate the spirit of restfulness in our lives as a whole. Let me read it again, because I didn't even understand it when I just read it, all right? The Sabbath is the primary discipline or practice by which we cultivate the spirit of restfulness in our lives as a whole. In other words, the Sabbath is the very thing that teaches us how to live a life of rest. You know what what, what the Sabbath is there for? One of the reasons is there. it's, It's for us to stop long enough to realize we are not what makes the world go around. We are not the ones that are building this church. We, we, he's going to build his church, and he's going to use us, and we're going to co-labor with him. But let's just, let's just sit back and realize who's really the one doing it. That's why Chick-fil-A is so successful. It's the Sabbath. I mean, I'm mad at them because I want Chick-fil-A on Sunday, but I'm, I'm glad they're doing what they're doing. if you've never actually taken a Sabbath, 24 hours, intentional 24 hours, it'll rock your world. It will legitimately rock your world because you will get to hour five and you're like, about to throw something, (laughs) about about to hurt someone, right? And and, and, and truth be told, I don't have a, a, all the time in the world to get into how to Sabbath. There's actually a way to do that. I actually suggest that book. It's really, really good. It teaches. See, the Sabbath isn't necessarily you sitting around doing nothing. The Sabbath is, is defined. It is, it is rest and worship unto God. He says, take the Sabbath un, Sabbath unto me, which means that you, you actually you rest and you worship. You spend time with God on, in, on the Sabbath. You worship him. Doesn't mean you have praise music going on the whole time. You just spend a time of reflecting and being thankful. Look around at the house you do have. Look around at the car that you are driving. Look at the family that you do have. Look at the kids that are behaving right now. Like it's a time where you 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 have to rest. You have to rest. It means getting off this thing. And getting off. It's over there. This your phone. It's, you're not you're not looking to buy stuff or or consume or no you just you go for a walk. You know what you do? You go and buy a dry aged ribeye at HEB. I'm speaking to I'm speaking to you two right here. And you slow cook that thing, and then you heat up that cast iron pan with a lot of butter, and you sear it. I ain't getting no amens. Come on, somebody. And you sear it. And you sit down with your family, and you open a nice bottle of wine. And you actually talk to your kids. And you ask them about the Lord. And you actually tell them, you actually tell them, while we're doing what we're doing, hey, you know what God gave us this day? To rest and to enjoy one another. Look at all that we have. Stop for a second and just be thankful. Stop and realize how good he is to us. Stop and realize, man, we can live our whole life working our freaking butt off for nothing if it weren't for him and who we have in him. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry a heavy burden. I'll give you rest. We've got to take a Sabbath. Sabbath. I'll be honest with you. I'm not the best at this either. I'm, out of all the people I know, I'm the best. But I'm, I still don't <laughs> do it. That sounded really, really prideful, but it's true. I'm like everyone knows, if I need to learn, if I need to have fun, or learn how to rest. Just call Keith and go hang out with him because I got you right there. But even me being more intentional about actually doing this thing and doing it God's way and Sabbathing His way. What it actually ends up doing is you get into this place of chaos and busyness and all this stuff around you, and you're like, "Oh, I know where I need to get to. I've felt it before. I get to a place of rest." Number two, <clears throat> remember, how do, we, how do we actually live out this life of rest uh, of rest? Number two, abide in him and his word daily. You have to abide in him and his word daily. John chapter 15, let me read it. It says, if you abide, Jesus talking, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Notice what happens in abiding. Things happen. Fruit is produced and proved to be my disciples. You see, remember, rest is actually getting, living in a place of trust and co-laboring with, with, with God. Can I, can I just be blunt with you today? You can't co-labor with someone that you talk to once a week. You can't co-labor with someone that you are not in a daily conversation with. You can't co-labor with someone if you don't know what they say and what they believe. In abiding in him and his word daily, you know what it actually sets up? It sets up a co-laboring relationship. You're so used to talking to him every single day You're so used to going to him that when things start happening, you say, Jesus, what do you have to say about this? Hey, will you help me with this? Holy Spirit, will you? You know how many counseling sessions I've been in and I literally don't know what to do. You're like, really, I'm glad I'm coming here, pastor. You're full of wisdom. I was like, I just, I don't don't know the right answer. But I know who the answer is. And I'll take moments, (laughs) truth be told, I'll take moments and I'm hearing all the stuff going on and I ain't listening to a word they're saying because I'm like, Holy Spirit, you need to help me. Holy Spirit, I need you right now. Jesus, I'm listening. Remember this whole yoked up thing. I'm yoked up to you. You're, you're the bigger one. Come on now. But I, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a daily relationship with him and his word. They're di- different things. And they are the same thing. Didn't want to ruffle some theological feathers right there. But I'm in him and I'm in his word. And it's natural for me to co-labor with him. See, I Sabbath to trust and I abide to co-labor. Just by a show of hands, if this sounds like a life you would want to live, would you raise your hand? (laughs) Let's actually do it. Let's actually do it. Like go home today and have a conversation with your wife about how you can take a Sabbath. Figure it out. How we actually do this. Here, Cause you'll have, you'll, you'll learn this. You actually, the word says labor into the rest. There's actually some labor that takes place for you to rest. It means that on Friday, you got to wash all the clothes because Saturday you ain't doing nothing. You got to actually put some intentionality and some thought into this thing. Go look at that book. It's a great, um, that, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry and read what he has to say about how to Sabbath. It's genius. But do the research yourself. Go out and figure this thing out. Take a Sabbath. And I want to encourage you. There's nothing more important that you could do this year than to abide in him Daily.